Come on, keep that same spirit. Keep that same atmosphere. I'm going to bring on our very own Apostle Dr. Suzanne Howard. Come on and put those hands together for our Apostle. today. Amen. Is the Lord good? Is that expression in your praise? Is that expression in your worship? Hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord. Look at your neighbor. Is he on your side? Have you seen him work on your side? Yes. If it had not been for the Lord. Excuse the transition while the children are going up, but just keep your mind fixed on God. Stay God conscious. Keep your mind fixed on him. Somebody say, my mind is fixed on him. Hallelujah. That's the only thing your mind should be fixed on. We're going to deal with the rest of that mind today. You can take your seats. So glad to have everyone in here today in the house of the Lord. I love when I see y'all smiling faces. And for everyone who I just looked at over on this side of the room who rolled their eyes, I want you to go ahead and put a nice smile on your face because I caught you. It wasn't at me. Probably was at all the movement and the distractions. But we're dealing with personality. And our personality shows on our face. And every once in a while, we got to get our face saved. Hallelujah. Our face enters in many rooms first, especially in this time of social media presence. Sometimes your face is all people have. Amen. I want you to do a neighbor check. Look and see if they're smiling. Hopefully they'll put on the best fake one they could ever put on. Look at the musicians. Look at them. They laughing. They smiling. They blushing. See, they love each other over here. You can tell. It's some masterminding happening over there because they got that, that unity. Hallelujah. Y'all love each other over there today? Amen. Amen. <laughs> For the Lord is good. I received a few testimonies. I don't know if anyone wants to share it with the community here today, um, but I know I received a testimony from Minister Dr. Vanessa, um, Minister Tasha Young, and um, give me a second for my brain to work. There's one more. Tasha, Vanessa, ah, and Tara. It's all up to y'all if you want to share. But I called you out because there are certainly testimonies. They have to do with this series that we're in. Because anybody know that we are in a transformation series? We're in a manifestation series, right? Which is a mindset series. And now we're tapping into the personality portion of that series. So they should have something regarding manifestation. They should have something regarding um, transformation, of course, and or personality. So let's see what they have. Okay. Amen. Thank you. For Beautiful. The opportunity. Beautiful. So, Thank you. 
this series has been awesome as we know it, but um, I shared with Apostle my interest of being in full-time ministry. I know God has called me to full-time ministry, and I believe even the work of the business that he's given me is ministry. It's a resource as well. So I said I had this increased desire to just be more available. I said I don't want to be tied down anywhere. I was noticing where I was as well. Their chief aim didn't line up with mine, <laughs> where I was going. And I said that's the irritation and that's the frustration that I was dealing with. As even just through the series of self-awareness, I was becoming more self-aware, discovering more of who God had called me to be. And it just didn't line up. So I was getting aggravated. I was getting agitated. And it, it, it was just time to move. And I was sharing that. And um, an opportunities, so the testimony is that opportunities have opened to teach. I actually had received prophetic word from Prophet Latanya one time when I was standing here. She mentioned the uh, teaching anointing a greater teaching anointing that was coming upon me. And I had dreams about it, and I was recommended by students to faculty of for positions. And these are contracted positions. Remember, I want to be available for God's use. So with contracted positions, I don't really have to be tied down anywhere. If I say I teach this semester, I'm going to teach. If I don't teach next semester, I'm not going to teach. Then another opportunity came up by way of recommendation of another, I don't actually, I don't even know who recommended that position, but another university as well um, that pays much more than where I currently am. <laughs> so that happened. Then my name came up in another university to mentor. And I thought, I said, okay, well, how did my name get there? I have no ties to this university at all. And I thought this was just a volunteer. I said, I, you know, I volunteer. I've trained. I've brought up students. You know, they do well. Praise God. You know, um, but it's actually a paid mentorship. So I found that out as well. So with the culmination of all three of them, it actually pays significantly more. I'm contracted, so I can come and go as I please. So depending on whatever the needs are, I'm able to be available to also birth whatever, birth what God has given me. Um, and something that came out, it actually came out, I got the position on the job the week that um, Devin actually shared her testimony that same week. I got the job on the spot, and she also shared the same thing to Vin, saying that she thought she knew me, and what drew her, she said, as soon as you walk through the door, your personality stood out to me. Your personality needs actually fit the needs of the university, so I just praise God. He deserves it truly, and just the freedom, the less mental stress to do what God has called me to do, and I just, can I say, can I say what I said? email that I just believe that God really through these teaching wants us to prosper wants us to actually have houses we didn't build and that's just through the transformation of our mind we can't fathom it we can't even calculate it I didn't calculate any of this they actually asked me to apply after I got the job so all of these opportunities came without me interviewing per se so I just believe that's that's what God has for us through the prosperity what Apostle is also talking about as well. Amen. People make changes in their life.
for money, right? A lot of us have to go pursue, pursue, pursue money. Vanessa wasn't pursuing money. She was pursuing her passion. She was pursuing her calling. The Bible says to make your calling and election sure. And she said, Father, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. So I don't have to ask for money. You have that already. If I pursue my calling, if I pursue what I'm passionate about, money has to be attached to it. And she is a pure example of what's happening with that right now. I don't think we're finished yet. My God. Hi, everybody. So I have a testimony. So as you all know, like, I wanted to work. I wanted to have weekends off so I can be in church. So um, what happened was, I needed to be here, and it was like, because when you're in church, it's different from online. Like, you feel his presence, and I kept feeling like I needed to be here. And so as this was taking place, it was so much at my job that was just annoying me. It was just getting to me or whatever, and I was like, God, it's hard to get a job, you know, on with the weekends off in my position. So lately what I've been doing was I, have, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I pray for a bunch of people because between three and six, that's when miracles could happen. So I realized that these prayers are coming true because as I find out that these prayers are being answered, I put a date next to it and I kind of highlight it to know that God is really doing it. So if I ever forget, I could just look back and say, okay, he did this. So then I was like, wait a minute, I'm praying for all these people and I need something and he answering it for them. So I started praying for myself. <laughs> And so as I started praying for myself, I just started filling out applications, just filling them out, not knowing where, not caring, just filling them out. So then I got called for an interview, and I was like all excited. And then they didn't call me back. So now, a little while later, I get a second call for an interview. Nobody calls me back. So then the third interview, I don't know, something felt different about it. I was like, yeah, this is my job. <laughs> like, it just felt different, and I had to speak it. And so then it was like, I didn't even do this interview. This was on a telephone call. So these people didn't see me. I didn't see them, nothing. And they felt that there was something about me, that I had to have this job. And so, um, and then they started talking like, oh, we want to do this. We want to make sure you go back to school. We want you to further your career. And they're showing me all these avenues that they want to put me through. And so then as the process was going, like, some difficulties came in. And it was like, um, hold up, we got to check some things out or whatever. But I was like, can't nobody stop what God got for me. So anyway, long story short, I ended up getting a job, which was amazing. But that's not the thing. So on my first day when I get, got to work, you know, they were like, so do you want to go to your office now? I said, my who? It was like, yeah, your office, you got a whole office, and you can decorate it, do whatever you want to do with it. So I'm like, God, you showing off. <laughs> so I was like, wow. So then my first thing was, all right, God, you brought me here, why? Like, I know it wasn't just because I prayed for it. You got to be able to use me in some kind of way. What do you have from, how, how are you going to use me here? Because where I work at, you can't just push your religion on people. You can't, you know, you got to be careful of how you handle these type of things. So then one um, Sunday, Apostle was preaching on personality. And while I was sitting back there, God just gave me revelation. 
And I started seeing myself with these inmates. When I walk in a room, their whole day just lights up. They get so excited to see me. They look forward to seeing me. And God said, it's your personality. So my personality in such a dark place brings light. I get to carry God everywhere I go. And people are seeing the difference. Everybody tells me, as soon as I walk in, there goes sunshine. Everybody's so excited to see me. And I am just so grateful that he can use me to that magnitude because that's big to me. I just wanted to share that. Amen. Congratulations. I didn't even really respond to your email. It was so overwhelming. So I know you're surprised I even called you I am, up. I I'm am. very surprised you came up I, I because came it's up. deep. I well, don't know I, how you're going to get through it. Well, I came up because um, I sent you that a while ago. So. Thank you, Lord. It's all right. Go do your thing. Thank you, Lord. It keeps happening to me. Yes. So my, my thing is I've struggled with belief my entire life. Yes. I've always known God was present, but I struggle with believing in myself yes. and my abilities and the thing that he placed down inside of me, my gifts. So, long story short, what you've been teaching and even being in this house, my mind is changing. And my mind goes a mile a minute. There's constantly something in it. But for the first time ever in my life, I feel clear. Come on. I feel like I am finally hearing God's word. And I'm recognizing that he's always been speaking Come on. to me. I can identify how he speaks to me. Mm -mm -mm. And this is all... It's from changing my mindset. Um, I'll try to be fast. I, I'm an artist, and I never could say that out of my mouth because I never believed it. I had people around me telling me, you should do this, you should do that, but I never could dive into it and do it myself. Lately, I've been, not lately, it's been a while, um, I started getting on my knees. My knees. And I started seeking him and nothing else. And he is showing up in ways <laughs> that I can't even explain. I don't have the words. I'm not eloquent like other people are when it comes to expressing it. Come on, artist. But I decided I'm going to trust. I'm going to let you change me from the inside out. Woo. My God. I'm going to heed to your word. I am going to stop thinking about past hurts and recognize where I didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Turn it back on me because it's not everybody else. Yes. It was me. And once I started to do that, he said, I, I can remember hearing him say, if you get where I need you to get, I'm going to do it fast. 
you're not going to have to, I'm going to do it quickly. In 30 days, <laughs> I'm leaving my job, my full-time job, mm -mm -mm. to pursue a career in real estate and my art. Very good. Now you can do your art. Come on. I'm stepping out on faith. And I told Apostle a lot more than this, right. and I have That's more for you, but I'm stepping out on faith. It's, it, it's real. Like, I, I can't even express it. I feel like I know now that I am supposed to speak to the ones that don't think he hears you. Come on. You think that you've been left to the side. You've been doing trying to do everything right, loving on people, treat, trying to treat people right, and you just feel like you've been left to the side. But it's because you are looking for it in people. Come on. They're not going to give it to you. No. Only God can Only give it God. to you. You got to seek him with everything that is in your being. And, and, and when the voices come up in your head, and tell you, no, what you, do. what you did before, you got to snatch it okay, down. Okay, okay. <laughs> you got to reach up and you got to snatch it. You have to capture there it is. that and you have to cast it That's right. at his feet. It, it's, it's real. Yes. And I'm finding the words, but I'm telling you he's changing my life. It yes. keeps happening to me. I see him everywhere I go. I see him in everything. I'm getting ready to leave my job, and I'm and I'm telling you, I'm doing it. And and even in my when I'm sitting at my desk training my replacement, I'm thinking to myself, like, am I really? Are you really about to walk out on your job? So I needed to find a part-time job to supplement my income. That's right. And I love jewelry. And um, I've always loved this one place. And they, I was sitting one night praying, and I got finished praying, and I got up, and my prayer was, God, you direct my steps. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it, but I need, I need constant direction. Like, I need you step by step. So anyway, I'm going through my emails. Something said, check your emails. You haven't checked your emails in a, in a while. You got about 400. I'm checking my emails. I open up my email, and the first email that pops up, is for a part-time job at a jewelry company that I love. And I've been buying their jewelry since I was a teenager. But I didn't apply. Because something, again, the voice. But I, I, the next day, something, I was sitting at my desk, and it was like, you didn't apply to that job last night. You know you want it. Why don't you just, like, what are you doing? And I, something said, when you leave here today, go there. Go directly there and walk in. They know me. I shop there all the time. <laughs> I went to the mall, I walked into the jewelry store, and I'm, I walked out with the job. Yes, God. Yes, God. I walked out with the job. I was able to tell my boss in 30 days, I'm leaving. And I'm scared a little bit, but I'm not. I'm trusting, and I'm believing, and I'm doing it regardless. I'm, ca I'm capturing every bad imagination and I'm casting it down and 
I'm telling you, there's something to changing your mind. Yes, it is. You don't even realize that it's it's on auto repeat. You don't even know it. And if if you're not paying attention, you will talk yourself out of everything that he has for you. He is always speaking. Always in everything. I started looking for him in the trees and in the grass. And in the flowers, and, and when I, I learned, like, if I, because my eyes, I'm a, I look at everything. I just started closing my eyes and just wanting to hear from him. So I'm just, I'm thankful you, to the apostle. I'm thankful you. to the house. Y'all show so much love. Y'all show so much love. Y'all don't realize y'all changing lives. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Y'all changing lives, all of y'all. Y'all changing lives, y'all changing minds, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I just, it's just encouraging me to continue and push forward. And it's crazy because I, even when I, after I sent her that email, I came to church the next Sunday and she doubled down. She didn't even realize it. And I was saying, God, I wish they bring back testimony so that we could tell people what's happening to us. No, we've been had testimonies. Y'all just ain't had none. Y'all was using the platform to make many sermons and get y'all little points across, and that ain't testimony. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done to me, when there's a testimony in the house, we never hold back. But y'all not going to take the Lord's time and babble and just use your gift in front of everybody, and we ain't here to see your gift. We want to see you decrease and God increase. I want to hear how God has been on your side. Has he changed you? Has he corrected you? Has he rebuked you? All in love. Hallelujah. That's if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Amen. It's always testimony, but when I read it, I read you and I ain't bringing it. You can share that with me like you did. Is that all right? Come on, y'all. This is an apostolic house. We're not here to make babies. I got to make successors. I got apostles in here, prophets in here. Amen? I got evangelists and pastors and teachers in here. I don't have a congregation that are buying chairs with their family name on it because they're going to be here forever. If you're sent to the apostles' house, you're sent for leadership. You're sent to take that baton and take that baton on to somebody else. There's a vision in this house. There's wisdom and knowledge that moves in this house. Your leader is forever in the presence of the Lord, no matter what goes on in her life. Because where there is vision... The people won't perish. And that's why you're still here, because there's vision in this house. Hallelujah. We crazy. We argue. We have conflict. But we love each other, and we get right back on post where we need to be. Because it ain't about the people. It's about the Lord. It ain't about the people. It's about the purpose. We got things to do. The Lord called you here because you belong in leadership. And doesn't mean you belong in the pulpit, doesn't mean you belong with a mic in your hand, but wherever he has designed for you to be, it's a leading position. I can't work with it. People, other people can't work with me. Babies can't work with me. They can't. You have to know that my name on the back of that chair is less important. I need my shadow to heal people. I need the shadow that's upon my life to bring deliverance and wholeness to people. That's what's on your life. I need my shadow. That means I may never get acknowledgement or credit for it. 
I may never get an email or a shout out, but I know that every place that I've walked through, my shadow has done something for somebody's life. That's what I'm raising up. I know who he's called me to. I'm clear on my purpose. That's why I'm not threatened by the gifts and the anointing that is in this room. I'm not threatened by great preachers and great teachers and people who have anointing and marketplace and church because that's a feather in my cap. I know what he has designed and purpose for me to do. When I leave this place, but never his presence, this needs to go on in multiple realms, in different spheres, this needs to go on. Because that's what the Lord has caused us to do. Religion didn't die with Jesus Christ. Christianity didn't die with Jesus Christ. He gave them 12 something and that 12 is still working thousands of years later and you and you and you and you and me still working. That's what we're here for. There ain't a big eye. I have to be the littlest eye so that y'all can believe who you are in Christ. Going back to just what Tara said, I didn't believe. God didn't say it. I didn't believe, and I have to give him an opportunity to show off in my life. Just be an extension cord. If you can't be anything else, be an extension cord that lights up the chandelier, that lights up the walkway, that lights up the lights on the outside of a building. Just be an extension cord. I was wondering where you were, Misha. I was going to text you and rebuke you while I was preaching. Nice to see your little hand go up. Amen. Everybody wave to Misha. See, I look around and I look dum, 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 while I pray. If it had not been for the Lord, who was up? Where's Ty today, y'all? Why, why Kim got a replacement here today? Yes, God is good. <laughs> Where's Misha? And don't nobody know a thing be going on up here. I do roll call because I'm a praying woman. Hallelujah. God is good. You all right? You're overtaken today. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know it's many more testimonies in here. And the greater thing about it is it's going to be many more to come. I haven't even gotten to the prosperity portion of this teaching. There's a prosperity portion. To, we probably won't get to it till January, the way it's going. Because this mind got to change. Because if I teach you about prosperity and your mind hasn't changed, you're not going to have a money mindset. You're going to try to do something through crookedness. And one thing we talked about about success is a, a, a chief definite aim but it's without causing harm to anybody else. Can you find success without having to walk and step on people? And see, it's hard, because those of us that are in corporate, I know in corporate, that's what you gotta do. And they tell you that, you're too passive. You're too laid back. I said, look, I don't believe this place has it all for me. I just wanna have a good time while I'm at work, make money, and go home. I don't believe that I'm going to retire here. I don't wanna watch. I, I hope I don't spend the 401k, because just, I'm just not invested in this place. And they all thought I just was jacked up in my mindset, but I knew that wasn't it for me. When you go into the bathroom at your job and cry out to the Lord, it's got to be more than this. You know that this place is not meant for you. Amen? When, when, when they tell you we got to reduce your hours to 20 hours a week, you say, okay, thank you. And anybody else before them have given them death threats and told them that your mother going to die and they done said all kind of stuff. And I come in and say, thank you. And then they called me back in a couple months because they said nobody has ever been laid off with so nice as me. Because I know I don't belong here. I just don't feel the connection here. But I, it didn't mean that I, I came in there and didn't do my job. I kept my personality right. That one job actually called me. They, their children have had children and they don't believe in God and they want to get their kids Christian. 
and she said, and we know how you are. Like, we know God is there. We feel something, and we see something different, but you've never said God in our office. So my children will actually trust you to Christian their kids. Do you do that? And how do you do something like that? Calling me. And I've been out of that place over 10 years. But now we've been here 15 years. Over 15 years I've been out of that company. But my name still rings in that family. And that family has millions. Millions that I know without a shadow of a doubt. If I called them right now and told them that I need money, I'm in trouble. I need about $5,000. They would write me a check with no problem. Hallelujah. Can God trust you with great? All right. We got some work to do. How y'all doing today? My favorite men over here. Y'all got an energy coming from y'all today. What is it? I'm not even talking about plans. I'm talking about like right now. The last five minutes, God is saying something to y'all about something that has been said or something that God has me saying up here. But there's something going on over here with y'all that has connected with it. So we're going to continue to pray for y'all because I love y'all. Amen. I'm waiting for y'all to join. <laughs> I love them. I love them enough that I could say that. And dad. They probably give you a hard time, dad, but I'm invested in you, dad. Give me some. I love you, dad. <laughs> Private joke. All right, get your Bibles, if you will. Let's look at Philippians 2 and 5. I done been so gracious and gave y'all 20 minutes of my time today. Ain't that nice? Ain't I nice? And I'm not going to tack it on. Y'all going to be all right. Because I need y'all to have a little bit of a life while it's summertime. Because fall and, well, fall, I like fall. Anybody like the season of fall? Yeah, I like fall. Absolutely. Then winter is coming. And we kind of like winter for like two weeks, right? And then it's like enough already. Then we start getting that lemon face and we just, our color starts fading away. Even the dark skin people, color start fading away. <laughs> like it'd be hard living up, up here in New England. People don't get it. That's why one, one, one apostle from this region told me, God's going to send in some great people to help us out. I said, can't nobody walk in this sludge of New England unless you was raised in the sludge of New England. Anybody else come up here? They try to have great conferences and do things that they think none of us has ever done before. And then, pew, they out here. They're like, mm-mm. That is the frozen people up there in New England. They ain't messing with us. If the greatness is going to come from within this New England region, are you in this room? Come on, people of God. Are you in this room? Because you cannot come into, it's like sludge. To, sometime to do ministry here, you really feel like, it's hard. The warfare, you feel something pressing you this way. Anybody else feel anything? When you try to do something, I know y'all have to because y'all in the realm. It's hard here. So I don't think anybody from outside this place is going to be able to come in here and do this. It's going to have to be from within us. Amen. And he's that good that he's going to strengthen us and he's going to anoint us and he's going to give us the endurance to do what he's called us to do. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it is to have the same mindset or thinking that Christ had. So what is this mindset? What is this mindset? What is this mind? set. Here we go. There's two words that are very, they're, they're, they're trepidatious, if you will. And there are certain words that can actually trigger your life to have a response in life, just two words. 
Just the particular names can cause you to be triggered. And if you don't be careful, I think Tower pretty much preached the sermon in a, in a very message biblical way. If you're not very careful, this tape will automatically kick on and play over and over and over. And you are aware of the message, but you're not aware that it's a tape. That's why coming into Christ is more than just changing your lifestyle. There's many people changing their lifestyles in the world right now without Christ for good and for bad ways. It takes a mind that has been changed for a heart to be given to us that the Bible calls a heart of flesh. And then we can live out this life with God. Someone was saying something to me last week, and I said to them, it's not hard for me to live this life. It's not hard for you to be a Christian? No. It's not hard for you to, no. What about when people, no, it's not hard for me. Because when your mind has been changed, everything about your life follows it. When your mind hasn't been changed, it's hard for you to do something you know in your mind you don't want to do. Yes, you can believe in your heart, but some of y'all still love some people with your heart that you know with your mind you can't be with. So believing in your heart is not enough. Your mind has to be transformed. And once it begins to be transformed, it has to be renewed daily. You have to be in the, the biblical ordinances, the ordinances of the church. You need to wash your own feet. Wash off all the sins, the places that you've been. Wash your mind with the reading of the word. Wash your soul by prayer and repentance. Taking communion, reminding yourself. You ain't reminding God of anything. Reminding yourself that I am communing with you, the God of the universe. People have given you all kinds of names, but I know you as Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu. You are the God. You are the God of. If you ain't the God of nothing else, you're the God of me. Because I know what you have done for me. It takes renewing of your mind. That transformation process cannot happen at an altar. You can have a, a supernatural change in your life, but this mind is a mind of neuroplasticity. It's a lot of things that run through this mind. You know, anybody who's ever been addicted to anything, you'll realize when I was in the world and I used to sell drugs and I worked in a medical building at the same time so the whole building ended up getting on drugs so they knew I sold drugs so they would text me and meet me in the restroom so that I could sell them drugs and I'm going in the job making my $1,200 a week but making like $4,000 from the restroom God look at Apostle Paul y'all and think that God can't do it but I had to be willing to give up the bag to be with him I had to trust him because when God came for me, he took everything. Everything I bought from that life, he took. The cars, the men, the clothes, the jewelry. If the jewelry wasn't stolen, it was lost. He took everything from me. And I heard him say, now will you trust me? And, and one girl worked in the, um, the pharmacist. She rang everybody out at the pharmacist. And I would come from the parking garage of 85 Seymour Street, and I'd have to walk from the employee parking garage past the pharmacy up to the eighth floor to where I worked in neurology. Look where I'm back at now. And this girl would text me. She's like, you got to find another entrance. And I'm saying, why I got to find another? Because when I see you, it triggers me. I want to smoke when I see you. I want cane every time you walk by me. There's things on your life that you trigger about people. Your very presence. We want that same response from people now when they see Christ. We want people to see us and say, God, when I saw you, I just knew I needed to go and forgive someone. 
Man, when I saw you, remind me that I hadn't been in prayer like I should have been in prayer. Man, when I see you, we want a good trigger. Not everyone is triggered good. We often give attention more to bad triggers than good triggers. But our life in Christ is where he triggers us. He will even use our problems to trigger us to do great things in life. Will you trust me? Reverend Jerry, that scripture right there, that's going to be my scripture for the rest of this year. It spoke volumes to me today. My God. So people can be triggered by certain things in life to fear. They can be triggered by fear because fear has an automatic negative connotation to it. When you think of fear, what comes to you? Huh? Did you say death? Yes. Come on. When you think of fear, what comes to you? Danger. What else? You ever thought about a fear that provokes you to do the right thing? More than likely, when we say the word fear, it provokes us to something negative. But God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but God allowed fear in the earth because fear is supposed to trigger us to do something better, something different. Just like pain is a trigger that something's going on, do something different. Find a better solution. But we're automatically triggered when we hear the word fear. And there's another word that also has a negative connotation to it which is going to cause us to struggle in the house of God and marriage if we don't get it. And it's called servant. People relate servant to slave. Completely different roles in life. Servant automatically has a negative connotation. I hear some misogynists, uh, men who have problems with women, will often say, she's supposed to submit to me. Well, keep flipping the pages because he says submit to one another. And the submission you're talking about is subservient, not submission. Submission is something you do with joy and with love. You do it because. And sometimes you don't even know what the because is. I, I, I just do it because I love God. I just do this. So servant is another word that has a negative connotation that shouldn't. Because if you studied it, at least in contract, you will know there's a difference between a servant and a slave. Big, big different. If you study anything about entrepreneurship from the view of the Bible, you will learn that God calls us to be servants, not slaves. Servants are always left with in a state when their masters die. Christ leaves us something because we're his servant. Servants are the ones that, you know, almost in everything with the family but just not quite the blood of the family. Christ calls us servants. When we come into the kingdom, he leaves us things. Servants don't have to ask for time off. They don't have to uh, do the nine to five shift. Servants can go in and say, I got something going on today. I'm going to be out. And usually they're like, do you need anything? Anything we can help you with? And they want to help you because you're a servant. That means they recognize something that you have that they now need. A slave, you can be replaced. You have no value. You don't matter. There's thousands where you come from. Christ doesn't call us that. He uses a metaphor of slave, but he calls us servant. So just two simple words that we have that we use that bring a negative connotation to us, and they don't have to. Learning the meaning does make a difference. But what the trigger is that I'm going to deal with today is what it does to our mindset and where we get beliefs from from such words as those. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's a pattern, y'all. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test. That's why some of us can't pass the test. 
and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What do you know about God's will? I just gave you three hints. It's good. It's pleasing. And it's perfect. Come on, y'all learn some Bible before you leave here today. Two things I want to hit. I want to deal with mindsets because I want to keep shifting. I want more testimonies like this to come through. And I want these testimonies to be permanent. I don't want to hear a week later they don't have a car that God supposedly got them. And the payment was $800 a month. And you knew you couldn't afford it if you didn't have the job. God didn't do it. God is not who Job accused him to be. Though he give it, he also take it away. Joe was wretched. Joe was going through an emotional state. He was like, God, you get on my nerve, but I love you and I can't leave you. You put me through all this trauma, God, but I just can't turn away from you. I want to deal today more in depthly. We touched on it, but today I need to hit it. And I don't have much time. I want to deal with the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. The fixed mindset and the growth mindset. The fixed mindset is the belief that we're born with a fixed amount of intelligence and ability. See, Tower is finding out that what she thought was fixed in her life isn't fixed at all. You'd be surprised how many people think that they were born with a mindset that already has been given a certain amount of intelligence and ability. That's a fixed mindset. People operating in the fixed mindset are prone to avoid challenges in their life. How many of y'all avoid challenges? Raise your hand or just say amen. I try to avoid challenges as much as possible. Some people even say to me, I try to avoid possible as much as possible. I've, I've been in this ministry, I've been in this ministry 10 years. I heard somebody bragging and I've never been rebuked. And I said, and that's why you haven't grown either. And they just stood there like, huh? You can't. We, we got, we, the house we, I told y'all about, right? The whole backyard is full of all kinds of beautiful flowers. Beautiful. The people were elderly when they left, so they didn't have time to maintain the beautiful shrubbery, beds of flowers, all of that. So I'm watering and watering and watering, and right? Think of it spiritually now. I'm watering, 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 and some I could see one little flower bud out, and the whole rest is still just green. I was like, oh, so that's what this is going to look like when we give it the nutrients that it needs. Come on, y'all. Think of it spiritually. Bernard goes out there with shears, and he cuts. Everything he cut in a week, all oh, the blossoms, the bloom, you could see that. I went out there and I said, wow, look at how these came out from all that watering finally. But I said, I cut all of them down. Ah, so when something is cut, it begins to grow. When it's pruned, it begins to grow. So if you have not been cut, or more appropriately speaking, if you have not been pruned, equal in the Bible to rebuke or correction, you are not growing. So if you continue to avoid something that makes you nervous or makes you feel insecure, makes you want to leave the church, make you feel like, I don't think you love me, apostle. You know how many times I heard that one? If I had a quarter... For every time the little manipulating spirit, when they get rebuked, I don't think you love me. I don't think you ever loved me. Okay, well, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. But I keep on moving anyway. I rub them on the back as nicely as I can. You'll get it one day and you'll thank me. But I don't rebuke who I don't love. The Bible says that he only chastens them that. Ain't nobody going to waste time on people 
that they don't see worth an investment in. Not somebody of leadership stature, not somebody of a mindset that's going forward. So a fixed mindset, you may not like that sound. It may bring a negative connotation to you. But as I describe it, listen and find out if it's you. The fixed mindset is of the belief that we're born with a fixed amount of intelligence and ability. You may have said something like, I'm always going to be like this. Stop trying to change me. This is how we are in my family. Stop trying to change me. This is how I am. This is how I've always done things. This is how I like to do things. I'm comfortable with this. Challenges make me nervous. I could actually fail, and I don't like failure. Are you in the room with me today? So people with this mindset will stay locked in to a cemented thought pattern because they fear challenging. They avoid challenging. And most often, the biggest problem is a fear of failure. Anybody have that? I fight that tooth and nail. I'm so much better now, but it's like an old cousin that won't ever go away. It just shows up every family reunion. Every time something great is coming in my life, that fear of failure comes. And I begin to talk, well, I don't really feel good today. I'm not going to do it because I don't feel good. I was feeling fine up until I realized I had to do that project today. Oh, I got to submit that paper today. And I talked myself out and let the tape run to tell me, oh, we know how this going to turn out. Yeah, you know how this going to turn out. Don't even take it today. You don't feel that your allergies are just so bad today people operating in the fixed mindset are prone to avoid challenges and failures therefore robbing themselves of a life enriched by experiences and learning some of us don't even like to learn are y'all in here let's talk about the growth mindset growth mindset are those that are of the belief that with practice Perseverance and effort. How many of y'all just melted in your seats? Uh-huh. Just melt like, oh, it's just too much right there. Practice, perseverance, and effort. That they have a limitless potential to learn and grow. You know, we're only like our family by two things. One is by learned behavior, and two is by genetics. And there's only a certain percentage that is actually by genetics, which means I can change a lot about myself that my family will begin to say, you ain't nothing like us. I hear it all the time. You ain't nothing like us. You just, you just something's different about you. You must got that Caucasian gene more in you than we got because you just different. I was sharing with one of the I'm a bearers, my sisters, and I don't know if my mother did this or not, but my sisters don't have friends. They have each other. And having each other has kept them in this fixed mindset. And whenever either one of them tries to do well or greater or better than or pursue something, they pull the other one down. Because your transformation and your growth makes me uncomfortable. I need you to stay here. I need you to stay with me. And that was never me. When I got my first job, I met people. And I brought friends home. And my sisters found everything they could to pick on them and want to beat them up. And my sisters would beat them up. Like, I have to run friends home before because my sisters wanted to beat them up. Because it's like this click in the sisterhood, and you don't bring friends home. And then, then the, the warfare came. You can't trust them. Why are you hanging around them? Them kind of, mommy told you about them. Mommy didn't tell you about the whole world. So I would bring friends home. And y'all got families like this? Some of y'all faces are looking familiar to it. And they don't want you to bring friends home. And the more I went out and the more people I met, the more I learned. 
I learned how to entertain from a friend of mine named Brenda. If you know anything about when you come to my house, I am an entertainer. I don't mean dancer and singer. I mean, I'm pulling the kitchen cabinets out and everything on it. We're going to have a Martha Stewart experience and a whole nother version. It's in me. But I picked it up from an older woman that I hung out with that I met in the workplace. So the more people I met, the more I realized the things I could do. I ended up with a growth mindset when I could have um, not just cooperate. Yeah, I guess that is the word. I could have cooperated with the family culture and kept a fixed mindset. This is just how he is. And by 40, we all had blood pressure problems. And by 50, we all drinking. By 60, we done all left our husbands. And then we just died, whatever, whatever, after. Do y'all get what I'm saying? It's a fixed mindset. And sometimes it comes from within the family. You don't hang with people. You don't do these type of things. It's not what we do. But I did. And I love it. And I made friends everywhere I went. And I didn't even realize how much I really love people. Anybody love people? I hear from a lot of y'all, I don't like people. But I want to hear from the people today that love people. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy meeting strangers. I take my Christian apostle self, and there's a certain restaurant that I go to on my day off, and I sit at the bar, and I order my food at the bar. You know how people come and talk to me at the bar? The bartender love me and know me. I know his whole family, they name, I know the problems they going through. I ain't never met them a day in my life. I love meeting strangers. I love talking to people. Do you know what you can learn by getting out of a fixed mindset in your life and allow yourself to see how other people live? Growth mindset. Somebody say growth mindset. Watch families, y'all. Sometimes that's the first place we got to win the war at. I don't want to see you leave. It's even in marriage. I've counseled a lot of married people who don't want to see the other spouse succeed because your success makes me nervous. Your success makes me feel like I may have to do something, and I don't really want to do anything. I'm not motivated like you. They just haven't found their purpose, their passion yet. But it happens in friendships, marriage, all family relationships. But people operating in the growth mindset, they tackle challenges. They are unconcerned with making mistakes. Are you here today? How about this one? They're unconcerned with being embarrassed. This is a hard mindset. They focus instead on the process of growth. Their focus is growth. The fixed mindset focus is not failing. And if anyone knows anything in life, some of y'all are a little young, we're going to give you a, a, a whole nugget of knowledge today. There is no success without failure. There's none. It will never happen. It humbles us. It causes us to think. It causes us to remember things of the past and how it didn't work. There's going to be failure. Failure is not the problem. Do y'all know what the problem is? How we view Failure. That's the mindset. That's why a lot of us haven't stepped out. When we did the questionnaire and asked, what are some things you want to do? I hate my job. I want a new job. I always wanted to go to college, but I have this fear. Fear. And now we, we ascribe mentors and coaches to people's lives to help them through when that automatic tape starts playing that comes against your mindset to keep you moving forward. Because people with a growth mindset, think of it like the marketplace. When it's fixed, you got a smooth 10% for the rest of your life coming. By the time you get 65, you're going to have a million dollars. Perfect, right? 
I ain't got to worry about the stock market going down, coming up, going down. I don't have to worry about whether IBM makes it or not because the rest of my stock is going to make it. But when you have a growth one, you're going to have days where that thing going to fall down and you're going to rip it up. I don't want to see it. Y'all with me? I don't want to read it. And then you're going to look when, when Trump was in office. I'm sorry for y'all anti-Trumpers, but he was good for an economy. Gas was not 625 a gallon, okay? Sorry for y'all, but I rode the Trump wagon all the way in because God showed me from the beginning what was his purpose in that office. Stock. Katrina, I told the church, I said, listen, we have a private meeting. God said, buy stock. Talents, buy it because Trump is a businessman. So this is the time for people to get business stuff going. Katrina bought Nike like never before. Boop, 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 boop. Just making money. Amazon, $500, and you just turn your head and turn back. Boom, money, just like that. Buy it. You got to know who's in office and what's their purpose. With Biden, you have to buy stock that is slow and steady. Let me help you out. You got to go in for the long term. I'm just going to buy this until I'm ready to retire because it's just a whole lot of undercover stuff going on. So I got to buy long term. But this joker right here, who's in that White House during that term, I need to buy some stuff that's boom, 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 because this is what he do in his sleep. Growth. But you have to also understand that with the growth, things go up, and they're going to fall down. And then they're going to go up again. And then they're going to hit a place again. But you will always make out. Unless you don't know how to put your money in, then you lose everything, then you're in trouble. It's the same thing with our mindset. You can have a fixed mindset. It's safe. It's steady, it's secure. I'm gonna make it in till I'm 65. If I live till I'm 80, God is good. Or you could have a growth mindset. How 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 how, how, how it just came to my mind. The Holy Spirit is making jokes at me today. How does it go? I can leap something in a single bound. I can come on, y'all. How it go? Superman, how it go? Sink tall buildings in a single bound. Come on, y'all. Oh, y'all are old down here. Where the kids at? Everybody over 35 down here. <laughs> I could stock a locomotive, stop a locomotive. Come on. He piecing it together. That's a growth mindset. We're not avoiding challenges. We're not afraid of a head-on collision. And when we're in God, we should know better. But we came into God with an old mindset, and now we fear everything, including fear itself. People operating in the growth mindset tackle challenges. They're unconcerned with making mistakes. And for God Almighty, stop being embarrassed. Your life is a testament to someone. What is embarrassing you is blessing other people. Thank God you have a testimony on this side of the dirt. When you stop failing, you're going to be under the dirt. You don't want that. Work out. Unconcerned with making mistakes or being embarrassed. Focusing instead on the process of growth. These opposing mindsets, they're opposing. You get that? Fixed in growth exists in all of us. And whether we choose to view various aspects of our lives through the lens of growth or fix is going to make a big difference in our life. Some of us is on that middle portion of life now. I think they say we're going a little bit downhill now. Like we might just be peeking. Oh, there's a hill coming. I'm 55 and over the hill, right? And it about that 55 mark. And now we see the hill now where the other ones was able to ride, right? Now we look and we're like, oh, everything downhill now. 
skin going downhill, body shape going down, everything's going down right now. I got to think on some things. All of us at the beginning of our life have a growth mindset. This is the sad part. We begin life as infants and children with a growth mindset. Only when fears and challenges come in do we find a fixed mindset and find comfort in it. A good example, babies are the very picture of a growth mindset. They don't care if what they're saying makes any kind of sense at all. They're saying a whole bunch before they finally say, dad, 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 because you'll notice they first word, right? <laughs> very few babies make it outside of that one. They don't care if what they're saying makes no sense because they're learning. Say, I'm learning. They're learning to talk. If they fall down, and they will, after a few steps, what do they do? They get right back up because they're learning. Say learning. They're learning to walk now. But if some trauma happens, while they're learning to walk, usually they don't want to walk anymore. And now we got to get them walkers. We, we used to, in the, in the old days, I don't see the new mothers doing it, get them them flat iron board shoes to help them stand up. These babies nowadays be walking in um, Crocs. They be moving in Crocs. I'm like, it's like they walking on water. Isn't it true? Like it's a whole different generation happening right now. We had big boards on the bottom. Dad, I know you remember, right? Big boards. You know, you know, you used to wear them. We even had them, we had them cemented for y'all. We had them bronzed in gold with your name on them so y'all could see. What y'all was doing when y'all was learning to walk? Some of y'all need to go get them from your mother. Because that might be the last time you operated in a growth mindset. When you were willing to face challenges head on. When you were willing to fall and to get back up again. Some kids, my son had bruises almost every picture we ever took of him. Because the more he fell, the more he wanted to get that, that little plastic big wheel. I want to drive it down four stairs. This week I'm going to drive it down all 18 stairs. And bruise again. And come on, tooth chip, bruise on your head, but you did it. But he had a growth mindset. He wasn't afraid. What happened to you that caused you to become stuck or to make you feel better and more comfortable with the message? What happened to you to make you stay fixed? The Bible tells us the only time our mind should be fixed is with him. And with him, he causes the growth to happen to us. What happened that you stopped trusting him? You stopped moving in him. When did it become more important that your feelings and your needs being met were more important than you growing and gleaning and leaning into problems and challenges? What put an end to your learning? I know some of y'all saying, I haven't stopped learning. Okay, you have that conversation with God. The fixed mindset, as soon as a child became able to evaluate themselves, some of them became afraid of challenges. They became afraid of not being smart. Anybody ever seen a, a baby, they would jump off the bed? And you'd be like, you gonna crack your neck, what is wrong with you? And then you have to put pillows down because they just, they see you coming, anybody remember that? I remember Peyton was like that and we would brag about her. We would say, man, Peyton has no fear. I hope she stays like this. She has no fear. She would just go for it. Just do it. I mean, we'd, we'd walk in the room, and we don't even, we're not even looking at her. She's flying through the air. We have to see that she's there. And just going for it. Just a growth mindset. She went to her family house one day, the other side of the family, and they started teaching her. How you say monster in Spanish? 
Huh? No, it was a different word than that. Huh? That's probably close. <laughs> and they started saying that word to her. And all of a sudden, we saw her not doing things, not wanting to sleep in the bed by herself, needing a light on at night. Something scared her. And something caused her to go against what her natural mindset was on, fearless as a child. And then we are age, and here we are now, and something has got us, if not our entire mindset. There are parts of our mind that affects parts of our life that has it fixed. And we're stuck. And other parts of our life is growing. Think of it if our life represented us. Parts of our body is growing and maturing and developing, and the other side is just an eight-year-old. Something ain't right. When we begin to evaluate ourselves, we start to become afraid. Challenges start coming into our life, and it stops us from moving. And most times, it's because we're afraid of not being smart. Once children learn the basics, and once we learn the basics, we could spend years developing a growth mindset, and it's worth it. We can develop it in different areas as central to whatever growth we need in our life. When you do this, you'll have a multifaceted growth-oriented experience. Doesn't that sound so ooh? And you'll be able to use skills to move forward in your own journey. Using this growth mindset as a teaching in your life every day, evaluating yourself. What, where is it that I'm stuck? Where is it that I've stopped moving? Where is it at that I lost faith in God or faith in myself? Where is it? Because that's the area right there that's causing the frustration in your life. It's causing a depression in your life, a regression in your life. It works if you work it. Incorporating ethos is a big undertaking, any kind of change. There will be failures, mistakes, and setbacks along the way. But remember to keep a growth mindset. Know that each block that we stumble or make over is still an opportunity to learn something new. Don't stop learning and improve your methods. For the end of this message today, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray to lay hands on every single one of y'all in this building that want it. And we're going to have oil and we're going to have hand sanitizer. And we're going to pray on these minds today. Because I need this to get into you more than you understand the importance of this in your life. To sum up a growth mindset and three words or less, it would be something like this. I'll make it personal. I can succeed. I can succeed. For my teaching, I wrote down everyone can succeed. But for you, make it singular. I can succeed. You don't have to be stuck. It's your mindset that has you stuck. Does this mean that we all have the same potential? No. Does this mean that we're all capable of the same amount of success? No. Does this mean that if we try hard, we'll all ace every single lesson in our life? No. But guess what? Can we say, I can succeed? It simply means that every person has the potential to develop. This is a spiritual development center. Every person has the potential to develop, to grow. Do you know, we've, we've, had, we've seen commercials where they said, this is your brain on drugs. And it tells you that when you kill those cells, you cannot grow them back. But do you know your brain can still grow? Your brain can be regenerated and grow. Just because some cells died, how much of our brain are we even using? 
It was some crazy low number, right? 10% if even is all we are using of our brain. You killed some cells. Come on, you know who you are. You killed some cells. You're smoking, you drinking, you doing all kind of stuff. We overdosing on sugar. We got a whole lot of things going on. We killed some cells. But there's a part of your brain that needs to grow. And it wants to grow. Because God is ever evolving, if we can use that word to express him today. He wants to do great exploits through your life. He wants to have a testimony through your life. You are the hindrance between God getting gl glory and growing through you. Too many G's. You are the hindrance. That's why I said when I opened up, be an extension cord if you can't be known. Be connected to the chandelier. I'll be the chandelier. I ain't afraid to fail. When you've been attacked enough times, your name has been lied on enough times, and when you failed enough times, you just ain't afraid. I just got to make something happen. So I'm going to go and go and go and go until I make something happen. And eventually, guess what happens? I can succeed. It means that every person has the potential to develop, grow, and achieve. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and 13, I know how to live humbly, and I know how to abound. I am accustomed to any and every situation. Come on, the great man. To being filled and being hungry. To having plenty and to having need. But 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How much greater are we that is in this world than them that are in the world? He strengthens us. Greatness is inside of us. He is the greater. When you can't believe it for yourself, believe the word for him. Come on, I'm almost there. People who work hard refuse to give up and succeed against all odds, and they do. Having a transformed growth mindset doesn't mean you will magically have everything you deserve. What it does mean, though, is everything and all things, God will strengthen you to grow through these things. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you have need of? Start pulling on God. Start pulling on the host of angels that have been assigned to your life. He's looking to do great things through you, and you're hindering the very universe the very God of the universe from moving through you because you got fixed. You failed. You got scared. And you got stuck. Learning is any relatively permanent change in behavior. So when you say I'm learning something, let me tell you what learning really is. It's when there's any relatively permanent change in behavior that is brought about by experience or practice. I remember learning to jump rope. And then when we got good at it, they changed the rope to wire. And if you wasn't good at it, them feet and them ankles, anybody know about it? And you would hear that wire. And you picking, and you picking them feet up. You moving because you learn that you at a mastery level now. You're not playing with the little strands of mop and rope. You're not just jumping and it just hits you. That wire coming and you hear it. And you could easily say, I'm going to stay comfortable and I'm going to stay here with this mop made rope. Or you can move up to where the other girls was that you really wanted to be that was taking on challenges. They was getting whipped by the wire jump rope because they was willing to succeed by any means necessary. What happened to your any means? You ain't learned nothing if it hasn't made a permanent change in your behavior. 
experiences are brought on by God to change your behavior. Yes, let, let that go from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Let it process this experience that I'm having. I heard somebody up here say, I give it to God. Okay, make sure you do so that you can give the glory to him when you go through that experience. Because if you don't give it to God and you give it to the enemy, I'm under warfare. The enemy is doing this to me. Your fight's going to be different. But when you know that you've given it to God, this experience is going to permanently change my behavior. And it's going to bring about a growth mindset and it's going to change my life. I promise you it can happen to you. It's going to cause changes though. Because the person you used to be, you ain't going to be anymore. The people they liked or the personality part they liked in you ain't going to be available to them anymore. Because once a person learns to harness a growth mindset, the powerful forces of growth takes over. Hallelujah. Anybody lost friends when they started growing? Nobody wants to, but it goes with growth. No longer are failures viewed through a lens of disappointment and shame. Write that down. Get rid of it. It's a lie. But they're bought through one opportunity for God. Self-improvement and spiritual development. Once you learn to harness a growth mindset, the powerfulness of growth takes over. Automatically, it's, it's now, you don't even have to practice it. It's automatic that failures or things that you didn't, that you didn't win through, we can put it that way, will not be viewed as disappointment and shame. You don't have to talk yourself into it anymore. But through one of opportunity for God, God, take this experience. I give it to you. Use it to develop me spiritually, my self-improvement, my confidence. So when people see me, they see a version of you. I'm on my way to them seeing you. Listen to this. When Jesus met the woman accused of adultery, he could have easily shamed her. We talk about that all the time, right? He could have even judged her, which would have given the rulers of that town permission to stone her to death right? And most people think he didn't do it because he was Jesus. He had such a wonderful heart. But why did he choose not to do that? Because Jesus understood if he did that, he would have confirmed that people are fixed in their minds. Y'all ain't working with me today. And that there was no chance for her to change. There'd be no chance for her to glean from that experience she had with Jesus. Somebody who showed her patience and love and, and meekness and gentleness. She, she, she received something. She met something different. And Jesus knew that if he had responded in the way that all the other men had responded in her life, her mind would have been fixed. And this is the way for me to be because there's no other opportunity for me. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus, he knew that if he kept her locked into what she did, who she was, what she was called in, what they said about her, there was no chance for her to change. Our minds are made of neuroplasticity, which means they are a muscle and they grow and change. Put your hand on your head. And I want you to speak this over yourself. My mind, which is in Christ, is made of neuroplasticity. This means 
My brain is an organ. It can change. It can grow. My brain, this organ, is changing. It is growing. I am different. Even now, the DNA of Christ is changing my mind, reconnecting, neuroplasticity. My memory's coming back. My joy is coming back. Depression is leaving. Happiness is coming. It's downloading. I can feel it. I can see it. Come on, I can sense it. I know it. I believe it. My mind is changing. It's growing. It is new in Jesus' name. People who cultivate this kind of mindset are resilient in the face of setbacks and, uh, and obstacles. The growth mindset releases the process of learning lessons. While someone of a fixed mindset, they, they revel over and over and over. Come on and thank him. They revel over and over and over in the things that have happened to them. And it becomes that they begin to make. I think it was Job that said, the thing that I fear the most has come upon me. Job had a fear. And because he had a fear, it kept his mind stuck. And where his mind was stuck, when that problem came, it locked him into the problem. And it took him so long to get out of it. He consulted all his friends and couldn't get an answer. He consulted his wife and couldn't get an answer because he was locked into a fear that he had and as soon as he was able to get rid of the fear his mindset changed the bible says his cattle was restored his fortunes was greater than the first time around i'm talking to the jobs in this room today you're going through something you're taking everything from you your material possession is gone your connections your network your relationships have changed your relationship with god has changed you're going through job you are ending up with zero god said if you trust me if you pray for your mind if you hands on your organ, the brain. I will do a new thing in you. I will restore. I will redeem. I will revive. I can give you everything at the caterpillar, the canker worm. All of them have taken from you. I am the God of your brain. I am the God of your mind. Let this mind that be in me, come on, that be in me, be also in Christ Jesus. Help me change my mind. Help me change my mind. I'm just about there. In the process, in the transformation process, Christ doesn't just give us his spirit, people of God. He gives us a new mind and a new heart. Do you think that there was some point in your life where you gave it back to him? He gave you a new mind and a new heart. Did you receive it or is it sitting somewhere? Is it hard for you to walk this walk? Is it hard for you to endure? Is it hard for you to have faith? Does doubt always take you over? Are you still convinced that you have to run to people for comfort, people for words of encouragement? Your encouragement doesn't come from the word anymore. I said to a young lady the other day, I said, if I was to quote Apostle Paul on, I'd, I'd rather you marry than to burn. I said, I would say it like this to you. I would prefer that you wait for a man of God. I would prefer that you wait for a man of God. And I gave her some things. And I said, and if the man of God 
doesn't show, stay with the God of man. Don't reduce your mind and change your boundaries and release yourself to a covenant that's bigger than you and I. I was explaining to the girls when they were at the house the other day how marriage is so weird to me. It's almost like you're in a cult. And it's like this fraternity with other married people in it. And none of us really know what the heck to call it, but it's just something we can't get out of. And I said, in our psychology family therapy classes, right? Didn't I tell y'all? I said, they taught us that marriage is like scissors. And as far as part as they are, in order to close, they got to come back together. When you don't want to, they got to come back together. When you know you shouldn't be there, they got to come back together. It's something in you that just, you ain't even got the power over it. And the, the deepest thing is we were watching that movie, Deep Waters. Have y'all seen that yet with Ben Affleck? Y'all got to see that movie. It make you think about marriage a hundred times. Anything that got in the middle of those shears, as sick as they were to each other, as demonic and toxic, toxic deeper than a therapist's definition of toxicity was in their marriage. But as soon as something got in the middle of it, the shears cut it right up. Marriage is created by God. This ain't something we do, something we think of. It, it, there's no way anybody in their right mind would have thought of this. And I was explaining to the single girls, I said, it, and it's like God's covenant is that screw in the middle of the scissors. That unless you unscrew that covenant, them shears ain't separating. I said, when you know, come on, y'all married people. When you know, man, I, man, I got reason. I got right. I got biblical definition. The scissors go, shoot. And you're like, no, God, though you slay me. <laughs> Come on, Booker. Can we? And Miss Booker was in the back. She left. We could tell the truth up in here. It's something. It's something. It's something. It's something. It's something unexplainable, undeniable. And it's God's. I don't care how we try to make it. We want to add unicorns. We want to add three people into marriage. We want to uh, have different houses. And, and, and we want to um, be same gender loving people. doesn't matter what we do to it. The one that God made, it's clear that he made it. You will ask friends to get a screwdriver to unscrew the screw in the center of them scissors. It's tough, right? Can y'all be honest? Marriage ain't something that man made. And man, and man, as much as we'd like to have the power over it, it's, it's supernatural. It's bigger than us. I, I was telling the girls, I said, it's like a fraternity. I said, when you get around single people, I wouldn't put up with that. I would leave that. I would never put up with that. I would never. You get around the married folks, they're like, okay, y'all have a good night. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm convinced that God ordained marriage. I think the Bible said that. I'm convinced that he ordained it. And he put that screw in the middle of them shears. And this establishment that is dysfunctional from the garden is crazy. I told the single people it's crazy. Maria and, 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 and 
Erica was sitting there, it was like, I said, oh, wait a minute now, were you getting ready to tell me that you was proposed to? What were you getting ready to tell me? She's like, never mind. It's, it's beyond our control. I see a few mirror people smiling. It's beyond our control. Bernard said, give me some water. Let me get the mic. Let me get the mic and share a couple things. Give me some water. And his best buddy said, here's the water, man. Take as much as you need. You cannot be fixed in your mind and remain married. I see hands waving, hands clapping. Can I get a little bit more help? Some of y'all so scared of your spouses, you can't make a comment in church. If you've been divorced, come on. Can you have a fixed mindset in marriage? You cannot. I think I gave them the worst story they could have ever gotten about marriage. <laughs> but I don't think anyone can define it. And I think the psychology teaching about the shears was the best. Because if you watch that movie, y'all will get what I'm talking about. That no matter how toxic, because what I exp explained to them was, two individuals are coming together with all of their childhood in them. And sometimes our childhood is hidden in us until we're married. And then when we get married, it comes out. We're in the sandbox again. We're on the swing again. We're on the slide again. My turn, my turn, fighting over stuff. Craziness. That when you were single, you ain't do none of them things. You was contained and conformed and you look like the perfect package. Then you get married, I'm throwing sand at you, what's this on? This playground is turned. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for a singles conference, I think. Because <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is bigger than us. A marriage conference, okay. They want a marriage conference. <laughs> Because this thing is bigger than those that are in it can explain. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Just remember that, that that screw in the middle of them scissors, that's the covenant. And I think the covenant will turn on us. I, marriage belongs to God. And I ain't saying I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just coming into this understanding that this thing is of God. No matter how the world's trying to twist it and turn it, this thing belongs to God. And I'm not trying to diminish it by calling it a thing. Please work with me today. What I'm sharing is this mindset. Thank you, sir. This mindset is not producing in any area of your life. Single people, some of y'all want to be married and your mind is fixed. Ain't going to work. Ain't going to work. You've got to be open to opportunities that you never thought that you would be open to before. We're dealing with a fixed and a growth mindset. It makes, it makes the scripture so much more alive when you get married. So what does it do, Latanya? It's big. And there's no book on it. There's no book on it. There's the Bible. I always bring people back to the Bible. But I'm talking about a manual 
that teaches you step. Okay, when they do Peter, you do John. And by the end of the night, everything's fixed. Everybody's different. Start with your mind. I explained to the girls, I said, I went through a divorce before. I married my son's father because we were young. We had a baby. We were always together. We couldn't break up. And I wasn't happy. I'm pretty sure he wasn't happy. Just women express their unhappiness way more than men do. Can I get a witness? We're quick to be, I'm not happy. And they're looking like, and you think I am? They're just staring at us. They ain't saying a word. I haven't been happy in five years. And his mind is like, I haven't been happy since the honeymoon. But you don't hear me saying nothing. Because what you sold me prior to the wedding and what I'm getting right now ain't the same chick. <laughs> it's marriage, man. This stuff is real. I counsel so I get to hear both sides to this. And I realized that men, when we go through seasons of unhappiness in marriage, is that fair to say? I don't want y'all to think it's all bad. It's just, it's just a, it's a fraternity. <laughs> and when you get into the fraternity, you meet other crazy cultists in the fraternity called married people. <laughs> but when we go through seasons like this, you cannot go through it and think it's going to work out the way it did the first time. While y'all are single, yearning for marriage, take the time, get into therapy. Get into therapy. And if you go for pastoral counseling, make sure the pastor has some training in therapy or psychology or family. Don't just go to your pastor because they're your pastor. Because pastors today, they just start churches and they have no credentials. They have no study of people. They don't know nothing about trauma. And everybody coming into the church, we bring in trauma. And they come in here and they can preach. And we got a lot of pastors who are preachers. They good in the pulpit, but they're no good in the office. And we're dealing with people's lives, family lives. And a good sermon makes you feel good, but you got to go home after that. And I need application. I need steps. I need to know why is this important? Why is forgiveness important? Just remember, there's a covenant. And it's, it's not explainable. <laughs> it is not. If I ever find a word, I will share it. It's unexplainable. I said to Misha before when she was going through, I said, marriage is like a horse that should have never been let out the barn. And she started laughing at me. She, she was done with her situation. I could say it. I wouldn't have said it while she was in it. And I said, now tell me what you think. Marriage is a horse that what? What did you say, Misha? Do you remember? Did she hide? Shouldn't be ridden. It's a wild horse. It's a bucking horse. That horse bucking and kicking, and it don't want to go the path that's been laid out for it. It want to go on the sidelines. It's, it's a wild thing. And I believe it's like that because of the fall. It was not God's perfect will and intention for marriage. It wasn't the purpose of marriage. But now this is what we got, and we bring our individual's dysfunctions to it. If you're single and you have a prospect, in your life get into counseling 
Because marriage is going to trigger things in you that you didn't even know was in you. And, and if you know anything about narcissism, women and men can be narcissists. If you know anything about narcissism, in the dating stages, they are the most charming, the most loving, the most emotionally attuned people until they know they got you. Then you see the narcissist side. And for most people, we don't see it until we... If you've ever dated someone and said, this is too good to be true, I guarantee you, you are with a narcissist. I guarantee it. Because nobody is too good to be true. I mean, all of us are too good to be true. We all jacked up. But when you feel that, my sister was dating a guy. He picked out her clothes for her. She was like, oh, my God. He wants to go out to dinner. When I come home for work, my outfit's already picked out. All I got is she, she was charmed. All I got to do is take a shower and get dressed. We get to the restaurant. He knows what restaurant he Girl, he's ordering my food for me. And I'm sitting there saying, that ain't adding up right. She was completely charmed by him. Only to find out after a while, he got rid of her clothes altogether. He bought all the clothes for her. She's charmed. Not realizing he was controlling what she wore. And which outfit she wore when she, he wanted her to wear it took her years to get out of that control narcissism we got a lot to talk about with this mindset how y'all doing are y'all all right we're going home now are y'all right amen i'm going to do a, a closing prayer for those that want to leave and those that want prayer i just want you to come through this way i want to start with the elders and i'll start with the men um, and then the congregation could come up behind them <laughs> and uh, we'll move from that direction. Father, we thank you for this word that has come forth today, a word of manna, a word from heaven. We thank you, Father, for your patience with us as we renew our minds and not just to the patterns of this world, but we're renewing our minds to be in you. We want to take on the mind of Christ. Father, we want a mind that's regenerated, that's growing. We want a mind that's not afraid of challenges and, and is not stuck with fears. We know Know we're going to have fears our entire life but we don't want to be fixed by the fears we don't want to be fixed by the story that we keep telling ourselves over situations that are similar to what we've been through before we want to see you in our situations we want to give you an opportunity to be the god that we heard you were to be the god that half of us believe you are in our lives let this mind be ye let this mind that be in me be also in Christ Jesus. That is my prayer for your people today. Anoint my hands. Everything pure and holy and righteous, Father, to be transferred only. The power of the mind, the power of the neurosurgeon that you've downloaded in me, the, the, the neurologist, Father, the anointing to regenerate the organ of the brain that would alter the mind, which is the soul. Let that be upon me today, Father, as I've already prayed twice this morning. Let it fall on these hands and let it be transferred to your people and they shall see fruit as they work the growth mindset and they come against the enemy who is the fixed in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. I need oil. She can stay there. I'm gonna get y'all first. Y'all got oil? Y'all can, oh, y'all got to go. Can anybody else can play? If you just pray for an anointing real quick, get on the keys, I'm sure it'll work. <laughs> A little bit more. Hallelujah.